Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Always good to catch up, Peter. I know you've been very busy with your documentaries and your books that you've been publishing. Uh, how's it been going for you? I know you've been to South Africa, you've been to New York, and I catch you in Sydney this afternoon. Yep, you do indeed. Well, you, you spoke to me just before we went to New York and we had the premiere of the documentary over in New York, which was uh, it's going to definitely have been one of the top 10 moments in my life. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we're having a screening here in Sydney tomorrow night of the boxing one and the rugby one that came out a couple of years ago. So uh, hopefully people over here enjoy them. Well, you're a man that's certainly well-rounded in relation to your interest in a variety of sports. So you've been involved, as we know, in cricket, in rugby, in football, as we know, it's soccer, your broadcast hockey. So I wanted to get you on to give us a general perception from your point of view about the FIFA Women's World Cup. My first question is, did you expect to witness what you witnessed? Absolutely no. (laughs) I have to say categorically no. I will put my hand up and say I was one of those that was very doubtful about Tony Gustafsson and uh, probably felt after the Asia Cup he should have lost his job. I still, to be honest, despite how well they've done, I still question whether he's that great a coach, which might sound really cruel and churlish, but when he made substitutions in the games when they were down, to me, that's when a great coach, you realize how good they are because they changed the game. And I found that the substitutions that he made when they were losing, I didn't feel that in any game did they ever change the pattern of play or break it up or give the Matildas a chance to change something on the field that might have disrupted the opposition. But certainly, they can be so, so proud. I never thought I'd see so many people in this country following football, although it has infuriated me how the media or a lot of the media um, still can't get the terminology right. I think that's just a case of paying the sport respect. Yeah, you don't kick uh, in football. You score goals in football. What's the one thing that's radiated out to me, uh, certainly one of the uh, bits of terminology. What about the players and the standard of football that the Matildas paid? Uh, last night, everyone's talking about Sam Kerr's wonderful goal, but generally, how do you think they played? Look, again, if we go back, and, and this is the sad thing, is, is people are always going to compare to previous teams. I think Alan Stadgick's team played a far more attractive style of football, but you have to cut your cloth according to your material that you have. And I think Tony Gustafsson, credit to him, you know, he decided to play a far more defensive style of football and try and catch teams on the counterattack. I think that the thing that surprised me was some of the teams and in particular, probably Denmark uh, more so than ever, and Canada, how they didn't actually appear to have done their homework in that they gave Caitlin Ford way too much space on the left-hand side. And, you know, Australia were able to capitalize on that. For me, I thought Haley Rasso on the other side of the pitch was absolutely outstanding, both defensively and in attack. So I think it was really good. The one thing I think you compare, and a lot of people have been saying this that I've been talking to, is you notice in the midfield where, 
you know, in the men's game. And, and we shouldn't possibly compare because they are different, but it's, there's not a lot of space. Whereas in the women's game, there's a lot more space for players to play beautiful passes through like the one Mary Fowler did for Caitlin Ford. And saying that, there was a lot of physicality in the match last night. Uh, the English uh, team certainly went at the Matildas, particularly in the first 45 minutes, and maybe that unsettled them a bit. But wouldn't you have expected that? I'm, I'm amazed that nobody else had done that before. I mean, uh, especially Sam Kerr coming into the team. Any, if, you, if you can look at any sport, probably, if you know a player's come in with an injury, the first thing you're going to do is target that player and just see if they're really up to it. So I wasn't really that surprised. I was pleased that the referee didn't go stupid and start firing yellow cards out because I think that could have then impacted on the game and we would have seen a send-off, which I don't like seeing send-offs in any game because I think you want to see a true battle 11 against 11. People saying now with uh, the volume of interest, 11.5 million people watched it last night. It is now surpassed by almost 3 million. How many people watched Cathy Freeman win the 400 metres at the Sydney Olympics now 23 years ago? 11.5 million. The legacy for you, Ashley, uh, this is a, the big question that everybody is asking. Oh, look, I think that is a fantastic figure. It is also, it shows that Australia will embrace this sport if Australia achieves on the world stage. Uh, what we've got to do now is convert that interest and that enthusiasm to support the A-League and the W-League and get behind, you know, those leagues. Because if we don't get the support in those leagues, the money's not going to be there for us to achieve on the international stage or are we going to produce the players that are going to be able to compete on the international stage? So that's the first thing. But I think legacy-wise, what I'm concerned about is the money. Everyone's talking about the money. The legacy for me has to be whatever money came in, we have to get more juniors playing and they have to be able to pay for free or, or, or a minimal fee. You know, At the moment, the fees to play junior football are way, way too much. And they are ba- basically we're getting the best payers rather than the best players. And that's not a phenomenon that's just happening in Australia. It's happening all over the world. But to me, I would like to see that money invested uh, in junior football so that literally kids can play for, say, 100 bucks for a year, uh, even if it's just for the next four years. You know, that, that's a generation that you're going to bring through. The other thing I, I sort of feel with it is, is if you're going to do, if you can't do that, then let's look at setting up scholarship programs for kids who are, whose families are doing it tough who may have talent where their fees are subsidized or whatever, because we have to start developing and making sure that we're bringing talented young players through rather than just those whose parents can afford it. Sam Kerr came out and saying uh, the sport needs a lot more funding. She said that in the aftermatch press conference. It seems to have been a common theme throughout this FIFA Women's World Cup when it comes to the Matildas. Uh, Your thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's a real take the pin out and throw the hand grenade at me isn't it <laughs> but, but I mean yeah look I, I've got very strong opinions on this I mean football if we look at it since 2003 when you know it became what was it the Australian Soccer Federation I think it was before it became no it wasn't but, but it became something before it became the Football Federation of Australia and now subsequently the Football Australia it's received a lot of money now People were sort of saying, oh, no, 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 no. And by comparison to other sports, maybe not. But if you look, the state governments, the federal governments, $230 million they invested for us to host this World Cup. 
That's a lot of money, especially when you consider how many people are doing it tough in the in Australia today. Can I just I, can I just bunt uh, in there that it's, yeah. uh, and the return is seven five seven point five billion into the economy? It sounds like a pretty good investment. But how do we know that? I mean, I had a conversation with someone about that, and they said they don't. The truth is those figures get thrown out. I'll give you an example, Peter. When Man United came to Sydney and played, the government here, the New South Wales government, said that it would generate X amount of money. On the Monday morning, the game was only played on the Saturday, they said, believe it or not, oh, yes, it generated the number, the amount of money that they said it was going to. Now, the game being on a Saturday... There was no way they would have known on the Monday how much money it had generated. But surely this FIFA Women's World Cup would have generated more than what uh, the Football Federation of Australia invested, which is $230 That would have been in merchandise alone around the country. Oh, look, you would hope so. I mean, you certainly would hope so, and I would would think that it did generate enough money. But but I think the government – my view of football is it's got to start standing on its own two feet. You know, for we we had the disastrous regimes when it was Soccer Australia, where we were basically struggling to even stay afloat. Now we're in a much better situation, but at the same time, football has to stand on its feet. Now, if I give you an example, and I looked this up because I knew we were going to talk today. So, if we take it on a local scale in Western Australia, Football West they received uh, on their last financial report 3.5 million in fees from people playing football in Western Australia. Their wage bill, though, was $4.5 million. And yet their sponsorship, they only brought in 667000 Now, you just look at those maths and you go, something's wrong. You know, we've, we've either got too many staff or we're paying too, many, too high salaries. And what I'm worried about is we see a lot of people in football now employed in various administrative roles. And that's where the money's going. When the government gives money for development, it's eaten up by coaches, and it's not reaching the kids who need to have the money and need to be supported. And I just think we've got to switch it slightly and, and start actually asking, where is this money actually going? Is it reaching the people it's supposed to? They're now saying, we've just had the Ashes series, the Australian cricket team 2-2. Which is now the national sport after what we've seen with Matildas? Is it cricket or is it football? I mean, look, yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very difficult question to answer because, again, if you, if you look at the figures that came out um, a few years ago uh, in terms of participation sports, I mean, football was only beaten by, I think it was people going to the gym, running, swimming, um, yoga, and bushwalking, but it was well ahead of all the other sports like AFL, rugby league, rugby union. And again, if you look football, the round ball game, the World Cup, is in the top 10 um, of participation sports. AFL is not. They're in the next group, 10 to 20. So too is cricket. And then the two rugby codes are actually from 20 to 30. So you'd say based on those participation, yes, it probably is the national code. And I think if you look at the makeup of the country and the migration that we've had to Australia, you would probably say, yes, it is, because it is a sport that those migrants can identify with. Um, no matter where they come from. So, yeah, look, I, I believe it is. Cricket, though, I think is always going to be regarded very much as an Australian sport still. 
Um, and there'll be those that will argue that AFL has its rightful place because it is an Australian sport. Mm, good call. Uh, lovely, Ash. Lovely to talk to you. I thought, as I said, you're the right man to just decipher everything. You've got always the latest information at your fingertips. Uh, you deep dive into a lot of these topics, and we thank you very much, and enjoy your time in Sydney, and we'll chat again soon. Will do. Look, thanks. I might have a few opinions that differ from most people, but, um, you know, that's how I feel. And, and I just think we have to always look after the next generation, those coming up behind. Uh, so true. Thanks, Ashley. My pleasure.